Hello everyone, this is Amir and you are listening to International Voices at Queen's, a supportive listening space for members of the university community recorded on the occupied lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people. Today we're going to talk about authorial voice or authorial style. In the first part of our program, we'll talk with Yuni Chen from China. She's an educational developer at Center for Teaching and Learning, or CTL, at Queen's. Hello, Yuni. Welcome to the podcast, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Amir. As you quickly mentioned, I'm originally from China. I moved to Canada in 2012 as a master's student. Um, so I moved to uh, the city of Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and I had my education at the University of Manitoba. And earlier this year, I accepted the educational developer position at Queen's. So I joined the Queen's community, but I'm still new uh, to the school and to the community. I'm, I'm also learning a lot of things uh, in a new territory as well. Great. Without further ado, let's dive right into the today's topic authorial voice. The term might mean different things to different people, but a proper definition for authorial voice or authorial style is the unique collection of words, structures, or narrative strategies an author deploys in order to convey his or her meaning. For example, the way that I start an introduction paragraph, the way I describe something interesting, and the way I connect ideas all contribute to my authorial style. Every person can and eventually will develop their style after several writings. It only takes time and practice to improve it. Generally, authorial voice is developed in all of the written genres, but today we will discuss authorial voice in academic context and how to manage feedback from your supervisors and colleagues as international students. All right, Yeni, my first question from you is that in the previous academic contexts, How would you describe the tone of your academic voice? Were there any specific elements or strategies? Uh, thank you for the question. So I've been thinking about like my previous academic context and I figured I had very little experience writing academic papers before I moved over to Canada. In my undergraduate study, academic writing wasn't really something I was required to do on a regular basis. I guess the only time I wrote academically was to uh, produce the graduate paper. It was a long time ago. <laughs> so when I moved over to Canada, I did have a lot of challenges hmm. trying to follow the requirements and the rules of academic writing in this very specific context. But I would consider myself a very confident writer in my own language. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, Chinese literature was my best subject at school. <laughs> so I was really proud of my Chinese writing. Uh, but those are not like academic style. Well, uh, it was interesting that you mentioned this because I find myself uh, in the same feeling that you have. I think I'm a confident writer in, in my mother tongue. And I can remember that for one of our courses, uh, I, I told this in the previous episode, that I had to write a critical summary of a journal article. And after I handed in the assignment, 
I expected everything should be fine, except that after I got the feedback from the course instructor, I realized that in Canada, you're not supposed to criticize others' work so harshly. Right. That was new for me, and eventually it led to change my writing style afterwards. Well, how about you? Has your authorial voice changed since starting university in Canada? Um, I would say my authorial voice has changed drastically because I think you just mentioned you are too direct, right? Mm -hmm. When you're giving people feedback. Yep. So that may make somebody feel uncomfortable in this Canadian context. So I'm think, I think I'm coming from the other end of the con continuum because <laughs> mm -hmm. I sometimes was too indirect <laughs> when I gave people my feedback and I feel not comfortable to be direct um, to offer my opinion in a fear of I might be um, offending other people if I gave them my direct opinion or I share with them my direct thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I'll always find a detour to soften my words a little bit and sometimes be like, oh, can you be more direct when you are offering your feedback? So that's my struggle. Mm -hmm. And that also goes back to the question, I guess, when I'm writing in English academically, I will always remind myself, you know, make my point clear, um, especially when I write a topic sentence at the beginning of the paragraph. So that's a skill I learned in this new context. Previously, uh, when I write um, in my mother town, I would probably just, uh, you know, uh, lay out all the background information before I tell you the key point, because I have this kind of concern if I don't share with you all the background information, you might not be able to understand my key point. Hmm. So that's something new and very different. And it takes time for me to always, you know, practice to keep in mind, you know, writing a different way uh, to be able to meet the new requirements uh, in a specific context. Well, you mentioned that you are at the other end of the continuum. Is it because of being nice? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, is it because of being cautious? I think kind of both. Hmm. I think my personality plays a role. Um, <laughs> although you probably don't know me very well because we just met for this podcast. But I would think my friends will, will see I'm a very nice person, being polite, um, but also it comes from my cultural background. So I think that it, I can't really speak for all Chinese people, right? Because there's yeah. no one culture for one country. I can only speak for my uh, learning experience as a learner. Because I always remember my teacher uh, requires us to uh, maintain a harmony in the environment. So like don't make other people feel uncomfortable. Don't make them feel oh, they're going to lose their face. So to help people save face is one big thing in my culture here. Um, so if I gave you like a direct and uh, blunt, you know, feedback, say, okay, I'm here. I think you did really bad on this job. So that will never be something I'll tell you directly because um, I will cause you to lose your face and I will feel super bad about it. Mm, well, mm, I think understanding what you said uh, requires a good level of knowledge of both languages and their context. Uh, otherwise, it is very challenging to switch or integrate the two voices, I can say. Uh, how have you integrated the voice you develop in China with the voice you have developed at Queen's? 
It is very hard, I guess, isn't it? It is very hard. I think I share your challenge here. Uh, it's never something easy, you know, to change your authorial voice because I think the two languages I speak here are too different. Because in Mandarin, uh, we use characters, and in English, we use alphabetics. So uh, the roots of the languages are very different, and the thought patterns, the way we think, is actually very different. Um, so it's more than just use the grammar. Or I use like academic vocabulary. It's more about when we describe an opinion or when we describe an idea. Okay, what's the best way to help people understand? Like I mentioned previously, I probably will give you all the background information to help you better understand my key point. But writing in English, I have to always keep in mind. Okay, key point first. Topic sentence first,、mm -hmm. and then I give you more explanation. So I remember in one of my assignments, professor wouldn't understand my point. She's like, "Can you just please tell me what you are talking about?" I be I went through your whole、uh, paragraph and eventually find something I think might be your key point. So sometimes we understand there's a new rule. We understand there might be a new expectation. But understanding itself might not be uh, as sufficient. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what's more important is to get some support in learning in a new way of writing, and also get enough time,、uh, enough practice to、uh, master the skills. So time and patience are something really important.、Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, great. And、uh, speaking of resources. I think this is a good point that we can promote the university's resources. But before we do that,、uh, do you have any final words to share with our listeners? Because、um, academic writing is something I've experienced as a challenge here <laughs> in the Canadian learning context. So I guess I really was inspired by this challenge to study something about why academic writing is so challenging for long native English speakers. So I guess by studying culture diversity in academic writing, I actually started、um, to embark on my journey to study culture diversity. In academic study in general, and that led my way to study internationalization at post-secondary education. So I guess going through challenges in academic academic writing, I somehow made my way to provide service to the teaching community to help them understand or to help them explore、uh, the challenges international students are going through. Uh, when they're learning in a Canadian context, so their challenges might be academic writing,、um, might be different academic expectations, or might be different understanding of academic integrity. So I guess what I really want to say at this point is, going to a different country for education is a brave gesture. You know, it takes a lot of courage for people to move、mm -hmm. from their home country to a different country. And oftentimes, before they move over to the new country, they don't know what to expect. I'm、mm -hmm. speaking really from my experience here. I know I'm going to a new country, but I don't know what's waiting for me. I wasn't really thinking of the different writing styles, different academic expectations. So I guess it's easier、uh, sometimes for international students to misunderstand or miscommunicate within the course、uh, with certain instructors. 
I would really hope there will be like an opportunity, maybe at the beginning of every course, for the instructor to really introduce their expectations uh, to all the students, including international students, to help them develop a better understanding of, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I need to, you know, develop new skills and the requirements here are different. Um, so clear communication is crucial uh, for international students to go through their t- transitional phase in their new study environment and sometimes uh, maybe be more empathetic when international students and many other students um, are, are challenged uh, in the course. Um, so I guess uh, empathy will really help the students feel they are supported and that will help them, you know, feel more motivated to overcome their challenges going through their educational experience here. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts, Yuni. Uh, that clarification you mentioned can remove many challenges the international students face right now. And I wish you the best of luck in your new position at Queen's. It was a great pleasure to have you on the program. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Amir. Good luck on the other episodes of the International Voice at Queen's podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. This is Alyssa Forstner from Student Academic Success Services. I work with students who speak English as an additional language on the communication skills they need to be academically successful at Queen's. If English is not your first language and you want to feel more confident in your work, you might like to join me in a community of writers at our weekly workshop series called Write Nights. As a group, we unpack the grammar and conventions of academic writing in English and practice making choices at the sentence level to improve the overall clarity and argumentation of an academic abstract. Write Nights is open to all students of all levels. Check out sas.queensu.ca for more details. In the second part of the program, we will continue our discussion with Anderson de Oliveira from Brazil. Hello, Anderson. Welcome to your podcast. And would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ami. Thank you very much for inviting me to join this program. I'm Anderson. I am a geotechnical engineer here in Ottawa. And I graduated from Queens in December 2019. I completed a master's in civil engineering with uh, Dr. Moore. Well, thank you. Uh, can you share with us what you have experienced in the different academic contexts prior and after coming to Canada? Prior to coming to Canada, the, my original language was Portuguese. It was very similar to English. Mm-hmm. It was mostly try to be concise and direct to the point mm-hmm. and try to keep proper grammar because in Portuguese it's we have a lot of grammar involved, more than in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference I noticed was that in English, we have to be more detailed and expand more on our thoughts. Why in Portuguese, it's okay to be more concise. That was what was hardest for me when I moved to Canada. Mm-hmm. Because my writing was more concise and... Uh, straight to the point, but while here the professors, they don't judge us that much. 
they want to hear us, our thoughts and opinions. While in Brazil, it's more what the professor wants. Uh, so that was the difference. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the ways that helps students to improve their writing and prune their authorial style is getting feedback from their peers or, or the knowledgeable consultants. For example, after uh, you write a report on something, it's better to share that piece of writing with somebody and get their feedback, then try to remember their points for later use cases. Anderson, uh, what have you done to get feedback from others about your authorial style? I communicated with my colleague, my friends, colleagues or friends from Queens who studied their undergrads in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I also went to seminars from SAS or the Expanding Horizons on writing or from Quick. Great. Uh, have all of these affected your authorial voice? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it affected my voice. Mm -hmm. um, the feedbacks that I received were very thorough and complete in one class that I took called Environmental Engineering Remote Areas. Mm -hmm. In that class, we had to write uh, many essays about the, uh, the contents of the class. And in that class, we had two TAs that they were supposed to give us writing feedback. And in that course, uh, it was in my second semester at Queens. So I took advantage to hear from them my weaknesses and strengths on my writing. And, uh, and after that course, I, I improved like exponentially on my writing skills mm -hmm. because that feedback was very complete. Great. Another point was that to improve my writing, I went every single week during that semester at SAS and I had meetings with Alisa. And she also helped me with grammar because I had myriad questions related to grammar. And she helped me solve every single one of those I had. And the third point is that for my thesis and other papers that I was writing, I told my supervisor, Dr. Moore, if he could, instead of fixing my writing mistakes, if he could write on a note on the side of the page which mistakes I had and uh, the ones are common and how he would fix it instead of fixing it straight when he was doing the editing. So those were like very crucial for me because I could see patterns on what I used to make mistakes and I also could learn from his feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, all the three methods that you mentioned are great strategies to improve your authorial voice. Uh, you mentioned booking an appointment. Is it available for all of the students at Queen's? Yes, it was available to all of the students at Queen's. I just had to go on the website and book an appointment. If it were available, I tried to book one every single week. It was great having uh, weekly meetings uh, with Alisa because, or with other consultants because they are pretty knowledgeable and they could help me understand uh, my weaknesses and help me polish my English. Great. Uh, is there any other strategies that you have utilized to improve your writing? The best strategy that I used was read the materials that are focused on your audience because you can acquire the voice that they used to. Mm -hmm. So I used to read many theses and 
papers in civil engineering, especially the one from the American Society for Civil Engineers or the Canadian Geotechnical Journal, because they follow like a structure and I try to read those papers so that I could try to assimilate the writing structure. And from that point, I wrote my papers and even my mm. thesis, and I asked for the feedback from Alisa and from my supervisor. Wow. Well, this one was also great. Uh, although talking with you, Anderson, is very informative. We are very unfortunate that we are heading to the end of the program. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to share any final thoughts with us? Uh, yes. Uh, I believe another thing that we should pay attention while writing in English is semantics. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we write in our mind, it seems to be correct, but we should try to focus on small words. For example, I, I had trouble with words like have to, which sometimes seems like an order instead of like a suggestion. So I, my supervisor suggested me to focus on semantics and change that have to to should. So it wouldn't be like giving an order to the reader, but a suggestion. So when he gave me that advice, it was one of the best ones that helped me to improve my writing skills and my authorial voice because I could understand that even small words can have a great impact on your writing. Again, very helpful and practical. Thank you very much, Anderson, for contributing to the program and sharing your experiences with other students. I'm sure almost all of them would find your suggestions and strategies very helpful. Thank you very much for our conversation. It was a great pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was a pleasure to speak with you and share more about my experiences as a writer in the English language and uh, as a student from Queens. You have listened to the International Voices at Queens, a podcast produced by the Queens University International Center and Student Academic Success Services. I would like to thank Sadaf Amini for creating the music for this episode. Please support her work on her website, sadafamini.ca and other social media apps. I would also like to thank CFRC and Sylvia for the support. On behalf of the producers, Lydia, Elisa, and myself, thank you all for listening to this episode. Please tune in to the coming episodes and engage with us on social media with comments and questions. Goodbye and take care.